Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, Hancock County Veteran Service Officer Nicole Coleman checks in from Washington, D.C. after being invited to attend the White House signing ceremony for the all-important PACT Act. Also this morning, the latest CPI and jobs data shows the labor market remains strong and consumer prices are coming down, yet persistently high inflation numbers and negative economic growth still point to a recession. Are you confused yet? Bankrate senior analyst Mark Hamrick helps make sense of it all. And today is Align Your Teeth Day. It's about more than just having a beautiful smile. In fact, the cosmetic effect of having well-aligned teeth is one of the least important considerations. We'll explain. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, August 11th, 2022. So the observances today, if you're looking for a reason to celebrate, check this out. It is Play in the Sand Day. It is Annual Medical Checkup Day, Sons and Daughters Day, National Raspberry Tart Day, and <laughs> Presidential Joke Day. <laughs> Presidential Joke Day. I mean, let's be honest. Every day is Presidential Joke Day. You know? I mean, <laughs> just take a look at Washington, D.C. Every day is Presidential Joke Day anymore. <clears throat> anyway, so I saw this kind of uh, interesting, a new report finding a significant and steady drop nationwide in the number of high school graduates who go on to college. Uh, today, we mentioned it is move-in day at the University of Finley and kids will be heading off to college uh, other places here very, very soon. Um, but a significant and steady drop Nationwide in the number of high school graduates who go on to college, this according to the Heckinger Report, finds that only 63% of high school students went to college in 2020 compared to 70% in 2016. The uh, pandemic obviously is partly to blame, but the report says there is more going on than just that. Their conclusion is that many Americans no longer believe that earning a college degree is worth the expense and time involved in earning it. And one of the big contributors to that is a fear of college loan debt. So you balance the amount of money that you have to spend and how long it will take you to pay off those student loans, how long you'll be saddled with that student loan debt uh, balanced against the uh, value of a college degree, people just don't see just don't see the value anymore. Now, it is still true, and experts will will tell you this, that college graduates, on average, earn a lot more over the course of their lifetime than do non-college graduates. But there are exceptions to those rules to that rule. And uh, I, I just, I saw that was, I thought it was really interesting because uh, it's the old, it's the oldest story in, uh, in the book in the free market system is balancing uh, the cost versus value. And it's like with any product or commodity or anything like that, people will only spend to the point where they see value for the cost and I don't care whether you're talking about uh, a new car, a new house, 
a haircut or a college degree. It's it's only going to people are only going to pay what they feel uh, the value is. And uh, you have to wonder if uh, colleges more and more are bumping up against that ceiling of you know where the value is or the perceived value is among the populace. And this report would seem to suggest that we're there. That was kind of interesting. Uh, speaking of people turning their back on things that they used to be uh, very that used to be very popular. Facebook is plummeting in popularity among younger users. This according to a new Pew Research Center survey. In a 2015 overview, they found 71% of teenagers between 13 and 17 used Facebook. 71% of teenagers were on Facebook in 2015. By 2022, a very different picture is painted of the social media landscape. That has gone from 71% to 32%. Just 32%, one in three teens use Facebook these days. YouTube has become the dominant platform among teens who are also using social media apps like Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. A majority of teenagers, 54%, said it would be hard to give up social media entirely. They just don't like Facebook. 36% of teens do feel that they spend too much time on social media, according to this uh, survey. So, kind of interesting. Facebook is, uh, I think we knew that. I think we inherently knew. You know, the other thing is, Facebook and Instagram are owned by the same company, Meta, and uh, it is possible to link those accounts to each other so that when you post on one, it automatically posts on the other. And I think that a lot of, I don't know exactly how you do it, but I know it's possible. And uh, I, I think that may be some of what's going on. To the extent that many teenagers post on Facebook, they're actually posting on Instagram and then cross-posting uh, on Facebook um, by default. You know, So I, I, I would suggest that maybe those numbers are even lower than that, but 32% of teens on Facebook everybody is uh, using... And I think the uh, downfall came when uh, mom and dad started using it more and more. <laughs> well, if that's where they're going to be, I'm not going to hang out here. Uh, let's see. Speaking of uh, online platforms, a new dating app is coming out. You've got dating apps for just about every specialty and subspecialty of individuals. Now a dating app for conservatives is getting ready to launch. Uh, it'll happen next month. The right stuff, emphasis on the word right for conservatives, right, <clears throat> right of center. Uh, the right stuff is funded in part by conservative tech billionaire Peter Thiel. The app is free, but can be accessed, accessed only by invitation, uh, according to at least for now. According to a promotional video, male and female are the only gender options. <laughs> Uh, so that's just one aspect that, uh, where they cater to conservatives, the right stuff would be competing with popular dating apps like Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge, which conservatives often complain cater to the left more than the right. I didn't, I don't know. I, I don't use, obviously I'm married, so I don't use, uh, dating apps, but, um, uh, is that, is that a big thing? 
left versus right political dating. Is that a big thing now? I don't know. Anyway, is, you can see how out of touch I am, how long it's been since I <laughs> was in the dating scene. Um, Coca-Cola is back. This is big news. Coca-Cola is back with the newest flavor in its Creations series. Dream World Coke is coming for a limited time beginning August 15th. So that is uh, next week. The soda giant describes the flavor as taking inspiration from the Technicolor world of dreams. With an added dash of vibrant flavors to the base recipe. Coca-Cola's Creations, the company's latest move to drum up business after cutting their portfolio of beverages in half several years ago. They've been dealing with shrinking market share. And uh, so this is their latest attempt to revitalize and uh, boost sales for the brand. The uh, drinks come with a QR code that con- uh, consumers can scan to access a digital music experience complete with games and a customizable avatar. Wow. So you've got a flavor taken, uh, taking inspiration from the Technicolor world of dreams, the digital music experience, games, and a customizable avatar. I don't know. Call me crazy, but when I reach for a Coke, I'm just thirsty. That's it. I just want something to drink. That's it. (laughs) That's all I'm interested in. But again, I'm kind of old-fashioned that way. (laughs) And uh, how about this? Uh, Something you can check out online. I I was looking at this uh, earlier this morning, and some of these are pretty cool. The American Association of State Troopers is once again hosting their best-looking cruiser calendar contest. Uh, Most uh, state law enforcement agencies across the country are participating in this. Uh, Voters, such as you and I, online, can choose your favorite police vehicle with the top 13 to be featured in next year's state trooper calendar. So you vote for the ones, uh, the uh, state trooper patrol cars, the cruisers, that uh, you think look the best, and then the top vote-getters will be featured on the monthly calendar for next year. Uh, Georgia is currently number one in the voting. And like I said, I was looking at this uh, earlier, and um, their cruiser is pretty sharp. And it's not just the cruiser, it's kind of the background and the whole presentation in the photo. It's really cool. Georgia currently number one in the uh, popular vote, followed by Kentucky. Ohio is in the top ten, We are one spot behind Michigan right now. And we know we can't have that. So get to the website and vote. StateTroopers.org. And voting runs through August 25th. So check that out. Uh, Some of the uh, trooper cruisers are really sharp looking. They are really cool. And one other item among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. You know how, speaking of uh, law enforcement, you know how uh, some states and local governments now have legalized recreational marijuana. Uh, In some places, uh, pot is still illegal, but alcohol uh, obviously is legal. 
But the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in South Dakota may be the most unique place in the country because they have legalized pot while alcohol remains banned. You can't drink, but you can smoke. Uh, This is a report from NBC News. Voters in the Oglala Sioux tribe approved the use of marijuana for both, both recreational and medical use in 2020, but alcoholic products have been banned there for 100 years. Say <laughs> legalized marijuana, but alcohol has been banned for a century. Residents there say that booze wreaked havoc on the lives and the health of people on the reservation, while marijuana has been useful in controlling physical and mental pain. <laughs> Maybe the only place... In this country, maybe the only place on earth where you can smoke pot, but you can't drink booze. Kind of crazy, isn't it? When you think about it. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. It'll be partly to mostly sunny today with a high around 80. Mostly clear conditions can be expected tonight with a low of 58. Legislation named for an Ohio Army National Guard soldier has been signed into law by the president. The Sergeant First Class Heath Robinson Honoring Our Pact Act provides medical care for veterans exposed to burn pits and other toxic substances. The law establishes that nearly two dozen respiratory illnesses and cancers are traceable to smoke from military burn pits. The Pickerington, Ohio soldier served as a combat medic in Kosovo and Iraq before passing away from lung cancer two years ago. Another deadline is approaching for the Ohio General Assembly to redraw the congressional district map as ordered by the Ohio Supreme Court. On July 19th, the state's highest court gave the General Assembly 30 days to draw a map that wasn't unduly partisan, as they said the previous maps had been. According to the Ohio Capitol Journal, House Speaker Bob Cupp did not respond to requests for comment on whether or not his chamber would be meeting to discuss or create maps. A spokesperson for Senate President Matt Hoffman did not comment other than to point to comments Hoffman had already made, saying the Senate has no plans to return for redistricting. Kate Burdett, ONN News. This is Flag City Balloon Fest weekend at Finley's Emory Adams Park. Balloon Fest Kelly Bibbler hopes to see everybody there. It's a family-friendly event, and there is no charge for admission. So we're looking forward to having a great weekend filled with lots of hot air balloons and fun activities. Friday night is Veterans Night, and veterans can stop by the veterans' tent for food and watch the event from a private viewing area. New this year is the Brewing You Craft Beer Tasting Event. You can check out the full schedule of events on the website. You can safely get rid of expired or unused medications this weekend during a medication collection event at Blanchard Valley Hospital. The medication take-back event will take place as a drive-through drop-off at the Center for Diagnostic Studies building from 9 to noon on Saturday. This collection event is in addition to the usual fall and spring collection events. I'm Matt Demchek with 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. So now our cover story here this morning. Hancock County Veterans Service Officer Nicole Coleman checks in with us from Washington, D.C. 
She was uh, invited to attend the White House signing ceremony for the all-important Honoring Our Pact Act. And, uh, Nicole, uh, first of all, thanks for uh, taking the time. We appreciate it. Um, You've attended signing ceremonies before, have you not? Or was this the first one? This was the first. This was the first. I know you've uh, you've been to D.C. obviously many times and met with uh, uh, you know politicians on both sides of the aisle and discussed a lot of uh, veterans' issues and and so on. What was what was that experience like? Actually being there for the signing, especially of something that is so significant, so subda- substantial as this. Yeah, it was uh, a little surreal sitting there thinking about the historical significance of this, knowing that this legislation is going to impact veterans who have served over six decades. Yeah. And, um, you know, knowing that the PACT Act is named after Sergeant First Class Heath Robinson, who Mm -hmm. is an Ohio native who passed away from a cancer that, you know, and, and his wife and daughter, Danielle and Brielle, were there. And getting to hear her speak, and it, it was it was very impactful, and reminded me how important the work is that county veteran service officers do. Yeah, because you know, as the secretary of the VA, Dennis McDonough, was speaking, he he talked about you know how veterans can visit their website to find the information they need. And, you know, I loved his his last line, you know, we will stop at nothing to make sure every veteran, every family, every survivor gets everything they've earned and they've deserved. But as we all know, there is a lot of, I don't want to say red tape because that sounds like maybe it's intentional, but there is a lot of hoops that you have to jump through in order to provide the information they need. And that is what the staff in the County Veteran Service Officers offices are trained and accredited by the VA to do. Right. And so we know what kinds of questions to ask the veterans. We know what forms to fill out. We know what documentation and evidence to provide. And, you know, so in Ohio, we are very blessed because there is a county veteran service office in every single county where we can assist these veterans who have questions. So, yes, we encourage you, you know, go look at va.gov forward slash PACT, P-A-C-T, so you can see how does this impact you. But we encourage you to not fill out the form online, but rather go to your county veteran service office and schedule an appointment, you know, so that we can help you with the process. Yeah, probably save you an awful lot of headaches. And I know uh, you had mentioned uh, some time back uh, that you're getting ready for an influx of questions, phone calls, and uh, those types of applications once this bill actually passed. So here it is now. Uh, what do local veterans need to know now that this is the law? Yeah, so it will take a little while for the VA to basically take the law and these instructions from Congress and implement them. Um, And so have a little bit of patience but we do encourage you to go ahead and call today and schedule an appointment. 
um, with your county veteran service office. And the reason we encourage you to schedule an appointment, and this is not the same in every county, I'm just speaking for Hancock County, um, <clears throat> is because we want to make sure that one of our trained advocates has time set aside to talk with you without any thought or interruption of anything else. So if you have a scheduled appointment, that's what we're going to be able to do with you. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you are the kind of person who prefers to come into the office, just know that when you come into the office, um, you know we're going to listen to what you're talking about, but the end result is going to be we're going to schedule an appointment for you to then come back and speak with one of our trained advocates. How many of the local veterans uh, that you uh, deal with, and obviously you're there for all of them, but you have a number that you have spoken with, I'm sure, who are directly impacted by this. I mean, how significant is this locally? It is. It's very significant. We have we have a lot of veterans who have dealt with these kinds of cancers, or these breathing issues, or you know, if we go back to the Vietnam veterans, those who served maybe in um, other countries other than Vietnam, mm-hmm. where Agent Orange was sprayed, because that has been a big fight for those particular people. Like we've been battling that for them, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, in the whole 11 years I've been doing this job, we've been battling that. And Um, long before that pictures. Yeah. And we have pictures where we can see the foliage in the background is dead. Mm -hmm. And we know it's because they sprayed agent orange, but we have to prove some magical way that the person wasn't mm-hmm. exposed to Agent Orange. Right. But now we don't. And and so it's significant for, for all of those decades. And uh, that actually speaks to one of the things you were touching on this earlier that I was uh, I was very struck by it during over the course of the past couple of weeks in trying to get this uh, across the finish line. And we all know uh, what happened a couple of weeks ago is this bill uh, got held up in the uh, Senate for a little while. And uh, the reaction to that uh, was very strong and swift. And one of the things that uh, struck me were the comments by so many veterans that this just takes a weight, such a weight off their so, uh, their shoulders, uh, not not so much for them even, but for uh, for others that they know that they served with, for the possibility of themselves and their families in in the event that they should develop uh, some of these uh, medical issues going forward, and for the benefit of those who will come after and will have to uh, deal with these issues. And and just it struck me the the I guess for lack of a better term the brotherhood. Uh, between veterans, this really demonstrated uh, demonstrated that in spades. Yeah, and you know, anytime that there is something that has to do with the military and veterans, there is such a brotherhood. And you know, the the Vietnam vets are relieved and happy to know that the younger vets, my my age mm-hmm. and the younger veterans have this for them. And, you know, we equally are happy that the Vietnam vets are are getting the this service. Yeah. Um 
this this also i'm i'm wondering i mean i remember a decade or so ago it was all about we need to address ptsd because we haven't done a good job of that and then it was Mm -hmm. we need to do something to address the problem of veteran suicide because we haven't done a good Mm -hmm. job of that now it is this um it, it certainly seems like there is a trend in the right direction much more to do but does it indicate to you a much more responsive uh va and a most much more responsive uh government so i would put the in that question that you just said i would put the va and the government in two different categories so i know Mm -hmm. that the va is the government yeah but i think that the va is always wanting to be responsive the va is always wanting to care for the veterans and their families. Um, but they are limited by what the laws tell them mm-hmm. they're allowed to do. And I, I have been very impressed. Um, and I'm not saying I wasn't impressed with former presidents or former secretaries of the VA, but I have been very impressed with how these two president Biden and secretary Dennis McDonough have worked together And, you know, President Biden, when he came out yesterday, one of the things he said was, you know, come hell or high water, I was going to make this happen. Right, right. And, you know, Dennis McDonough and Joe Biden worked together in the White House when President Obama was the president. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so they have they have a long history and they they seem to have done an amazing job of working diligently to make this happen. And, and to answer your question, yes, I do see more responsiveness um, and, to addressing the needs of veterans and their families. And we hope that will continue moving forward. Again, Hancock County Veterans Service Officer Nicole Coleman with us this morning talking about yesterday's signing of the all-important Honoring Our PACT Act. We have much more information from the Hancock County Veterans Service Office at our webpage. So if you have any questions, you can go there. We've got it linked up at goodmornings.net. Nicole, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day, Chris. So let's talk about the economy for a bit uh, here this morning. Yesterday, we got the latest uh, CPI, Consumer Price Index. Uh, Last week, we got uh, good jobs data showing that the labor market remains strong. Consumer prices uh, eased off a little bit in the last month. But on the other hand, we've got persistently high inflation numbers still. And there's that uh, pesky two quarters of negative economic growth that uh, point to a possible recession on the way. So are you confused yet? Bankrate senior economic analyst uh, Mark Hamrick is uh, with us to kind of help make sense of it all. And Mark, let's start with the uh, jobs numbers, kind of take it in chronological order. Those came out uh, last week. Uh, What was the biggest takeaway there for you? Yeah, good to be with you. Uh, we're talking about the monthly employment report, of course, and this covered the month of July, which uh, involves a couple of surveys of households and businesses around the 12th of the month. So as we speak, it's the 11th of August. So that data is about a month old, uh, but that takes a long time to process what's going on, what's the breadth of the 
job market in the U.S. And as you uh, suggested, that was a roundly positive news to the extent that uh, we had many more jobs added or restored, 528,000, in fact, uh, well above the pace in the previous several months and uh, well above expectations. And uh, with that, it only took 27 months, I said sarcastically, to recover <laughs> all the 22 million jobs that were lost in March and April of the beginning year of the pandemic, 2020. Right. Yeah. The unemployment rate fell to 3.5%. So job market's strong. And for those of us who rely on employment for our incomes and our financial well-being, that's obviously a positive development. Right. Uh, still a lot of uh, jobs that remain unfilled and the quits rate uh, is still high. And I think I read uh, that uh, productivity was actually down a little bit uh, here of late. So some of those numbers are concerning from the business point of view. Yeah. In terms of uh, the way you're referring to the quits rate, which is widely followed by, among others, the Federal Reserve, that indicates that there's still a high number and level of individuals who are feeling confident enough to quit their jobs and most of the time, of course, get another job. And the other part is that we had 10.7 million job openings as of last count, and that compares with the number of unemployed, 5.7 million. So we have about 1.9 jobs for every individual who is viewed as unemployed by the U.S. Labor Department, and that's mm-hmm. a level that Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell regards to be too hot. Now, yesterday, we got the Consumer Price Index, and uh, the numbers came down off of their 40-year highs from the month before, but still really persistently high inflation. Obviously, the White House tried to spin this to the positive. Uh, Republicans uh, you know, tried to accentuate the fact that we're still really, really high. It's kind of what you would expect, and if the situation were reversed in terms of who was looking to uh, gain power in the midterm elections, uh, it'd be the other way around. But at the end of the day, does this signal maybe that we have seen the worst of the inflationary trend? Well, what I would say is that inflation might not be as bad as it has been, but would still be viewed as uh, very challenging. And the good news about analyzing the economy is that we have a lot of statistics that we can rely on as opposed to perhaps needing to seize upon it for rhetoric, which is something that elected officials right. uh, obviously will do. And what I would say is that, you know, obviously we know that inflation has been horrific. It's the number one thing weighing on the minds of households and individuals. Uh, and with the decline in gasoline prices, which is significant now with the national average finally below $4 a gallon, having topped out above five, and now within a dollar of where it was a year ago, uh, this is making a difference. Now, unfortunately, within that consumer price index, we also did see food prices on the rise significantly over the last year. Shelter, which we all rely on to have a roof over our head, also on the rise. But there are some areas where we're seeing some um, declines. That includes clothing, apparel. We know retailers have been talking about having too much of it. And we're seeing pretty significant declines in consumer electronics, smartphones, 
We'll just see whether that's sort of the leading edge of some price declines, which you would associate with a weaker economy. Uh, but also, obviously, uh, there's nothing to boast about high inflation. And, and obviously, we want to get as far away from that as we can. I thought it was interesting. The uh, White House uh, yesterday was uh, saying, just to give you uh, an example of the spin, uh, they were saying that, hey, uh, it basically means there was zero inflation in July. And I was, and it kind of brought me to mind of my wife coming home from the store with $500 worth of stuff bragging about all the money she saved. Uh, it, it just, it's not, it doesn't equate to what consumers are feeling. So how does all of this impact what the Fed may do next with interest rates? Yeah, and just to dial in on what the White House was pointing to, the monthly change in the headline number for the Consumer Price Index was 0.0s. Actually, if you carry it past the decimal, it's different, but we don't yeah. need to go that far. Yeah. But, uh, but, but, uh, and so, you know, that's what they seize upon. But, uh, you know, we look at the sort of year over year change, right. which is still above 8% on the headline and down from above 9% in the previous month. And I, and I love how you characterize that piece without causing any domestic, uh, squabbles <laughs> because uh, there, 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 there is a, a difference between literally putting money in the bank and not paying as much as maybe a retailer would like for you to pay for right. an item. And, and I personally don't regard that as saving right. money. But, uh, but uh, you know, then, by the way, this is a good time to uh, really focus on trying to put some money away because the only way we can really sort of self-insure in challenging times with respect to the economy, any kinds of challenges, is to make sure that we are saving enough for retirement and, and saving for emergencies. And if you shop around for a high-yield savings account these days, some of those returns are looking better than they have for quite some time. Well, you know, that's one of the other things that we've uh, pointed out uh, in the past, that rising interest rates, uh, obviously, um, that is viewed in many contexts as a negative for those who are borrowing money or have debt, and, and that's kind of the way it's played in the media. But there is some uh, upside to that for savers and for investors. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, what you really want to have is uh, sort of the most nominal of economic environments. What we mean by that is ultimately sort of normal. And we've been in a number of abnormal situations really over the course of the past 20 years. And that includes the low interest rate environment. And one of the downsides of no or little inflation uh, is that savers end up being penalized. And there have been some years in the past couple of decades where there was literally no cost of living increase for people on social security this year probably going to have one of the larger ones uh when it's all said and done when Mm -hmm. we get that by the way which is related to an aspect of the consumer price index but you did touch on the fed there and we will have to wait until september until there is another rate meeting but it is widely expected that the fed will continue to sort of put its foot on the brake here and raise interest rates uh, because what Chairman Powell has said is that they really can't uh, avoid that until they see a clear and convincing evidence that inflation has basically gotten back down to its 2% target. And we're talking about something that's on the upside of 8%. That's yeah. obviously a huge difference difference from two. Yeah, got a long way to go there. Uh, let me ask you about this real quickly because it's going to be out today. The wholesale inflation data, yeah. the pr- producer price index will uh, come out later this morning, which measures right. uh, change in prices paid to U.S. producers of goods and services. Does any of the data that we've seen, the CPI, give you kind of an indication of what may happen with the PPI? 
Well, I would say that it's actually typically the other way around because the way the wholesale uh, price index is, we're talking about prices before they reach the consumer. Mm -hmm. And that is still expected to show a large year-over-year increase, actually larger than what the consumer price index ended up being on that year-over-year number. Hmm. But obviously, uh, we were surprised in a a positive sense on, on the retail level gauge. So maybe we'll be surprised in a positive sense with the a producer price index as well, which is, uh, as they say in sports, you know, you got to play the game before you know how it turns out. Well, we got to see the report to see how that turns out as well. Again, uh, Bankrate Senior Economic Analyst Mark Hamrick with us uh, this morning, helping us make sense of all of these numbers and what they mean. We've got a link up on our webpage for more information, more analysis from Bankrate.com. And Mark, thanks very much for taking the time. As always, we appreciate it. It's my pleasure, Chris. Thanks for having me. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. In Florida, (laughs) how often do we start off the broken news with the words, in Florida? Uh, Rochelle Wright is facing a domestic assault charge after allegedly throwing a raw steak at her boyfriend. (laughs) Apparently they were both fighting when the incident occurred. I would hope so. Actually. I mean, I would, I would think that that would not be something that you would do in any other situation other than in the middle of a fight. But Ms. Wright told officers she was tired of his behavior When she picked up the raw steak and hurled it at him, she missed. Instead, the steak struck the wall. She she was arrested for domestic assault, booked into the uh, Pinellas County Jail on Sunday, but was released on her own recognizance the next day. Uh, Officials say that both Ms. Wright and her boyfriend were intoxicated. (laughs) Why? Why am I not surprised? (laughs) Can you imagine? Hey, what are you in for? Oh, I threw a steak at my boyfriend. Stay back. I've got a raw steak and I'm not afraid to use it. (laughs) Uh, Elsewhere in the Sunshine State, you know that this is going to be a good story when this is the first line. A naked Florida man was arrested on Monday morning after allegedly throwing a machete at someone and then doing nude push-ups at a gas station. Well, this is going to be good. Uh, The Volusia County Sheriff's Office reports that Brandon Wright approached uh, an individual and demanded his clothes, his car, and his phone. The victim told uh, deputies that the suspect was picking palmetto berries in the woods and ran out of the brush, brandishing a machete and demanding his clothes, his phone, oh, and his wallet. I guess he didn't take the car. He was looking to take his clothes, his wallet, his phone. (laughs) Deputies say uh, Mr. Wright was holding a machete at the time, which he then threw at his victim, the handle of which struck the victim in the chest. He was not injured. Mr. Wright was later arrested after doing naked push-ups in a gas station parking lot. (laughs) The arresting deputy notes that Mr. Wright had been spotted naked in the area before. (laughs) So it's not his first time. (laughs) All right, then. Strange thing is going on in Volusia County, Florida. Let me tell you. 
be on the lookout. Uh, let's see here. A, a follow-up to a broken news story we had a few days ago. You remember the story of the man who set uh, ended up setting a brush fire because he was he was trying to burn a spider. Uh, he was apparently, and this is what we were joking about. We were laughing about uh, with this story when we had it initially. He was actually outdoors. I think it was camping or something, and came across a spider, which I don't. I was not, you shouldn't be shocked if you encounter a spider in the great outdoors. But uh, apparently that freaked him out. He tried to burn it and ended up setting a big brush fire. Well, now animal rights advocates want the man charged with animal cruelty for trying to burn the spider. Charged with animal animal cruelty. Pe- uh, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals is asking the Utah County attorney to charge Corey Allen Martin for attempting to kill a spider when he allegedly started a 60-acre fire in Springville earlier this summer. PETA says other animals likely suffered painfully in the ensuing fire. All right. So we'll see if those uh, charges get filed. He's already facing charges for starting the fire to begin with, starting the wildfire. Um, PETA wants him charged even further, so we'll see. Uh, elsewhere in the uh, broken news, a couple of other items here. A Pennsylvania woman is feeling the heat after being arrested for allegedly setting her ex-boyfriend's car on fire. What makes this rather interesting is the way she did it. She used pages from a book of spells <laughs> to set the car on fire. The pages from a book of spells. The police report says the burnt pages, the burnt pages found around her ex's Ford Focus are from a book called the Wicca Book of Spells. Christy Maltzi is now facing charges for reckless burning, making terroristic threats and assaults. <laughs> but be careful around her. The Wicca Book of Spells is weird. Something odd happened in Columbus uh, the other day. Uh, apparently, this was... Was this Monday? Uh, It was earlier this week. Police recaptured a cow on the loose after a cattle truck overturned on I-70. Semi was attempting to uh, enter the ramp to Interstate 270. Uh, When the incident occurred, the driver fortunately only sustained minor injuries, but his cargo escaped. Of the 32 cows in tow, one made a break for it in particular. That cow was soon recovered. The uh, Columbus Police tweet, or the Franklin County Sheriff's Office tweeted, great job to deputies and the Columbus Police for lassoing the escapee and keep, keeping him off the highway before the animal caused a serious injury crash. So, kudos all the way around. Just not something that you expect uh, every day. When you get up, if you're a cop, you get up, you go to work, you put your uniform on, uh, you get behind the wheel of your uh, cruiser. That is not what you expect to be doing. <laughs> it's not... Uh, typically, uh, what do you expect? But got to do it. And uh, finally, in the broken news this morning, <laughs> how many times have you said this uh, about, boy, if grandma could see you now, she'd roll over in her grave? Well, it almost happened, literally. Um, and this was in uh, Richmond, California. A family brawl nearly sent grandma spinning out of her casket, not just rolling over in her grave, but spinning out of her casket. An argument (laughs) 
This is kind of a long and involved story. An argument between a brother and sister at their mom's funeral morphed into an all-out war involving 20 people and a car that careened across the cemetery. The incident happened at the Rolling Hills Memorial Park in Richmond, California. Uh, Sergeant Aaron Pomeroy, uh, who was the officer responded to the incident, said a brother and sister who have been in a feud that goes back many years started a chaotic altercation at the funeral. The sister's boyfriend tried taking the woman away, but the brother wasn't ready to end things. The brother then started beating on the boyfriend, and that's when it escalated and became an all-out brawl, and that's when the cops were called. About 20 different family members became involved. The fight only ended after the 36-year-old brother jumped into his car, allegedly to try to run over his sister. He knocked over and damaged headstones as he drove over the grass and even broke a water main that flooded his mother's plot. All all in all, $20,000 in damages, but no serious injuries. He attempted to uh, drive toward his sister in in an aggressive way, but instead struck another female and sent her to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. But that wasn't the end of it. Uh, Lieutenant Matt Stonebreaker, who also responded said the brother knocked over his mom's casket. Fortunately, mom stayed inside. The brother then got out of the car and was subdued by an older family member who used a cane to try and get him under control. The suspect struck a couple of times. (laughs) This is all of the funeral. The brother has been arrested for felony assault with a deadly weapon, as well as vandalism. Did they get mom in the ground? Did they finally get get the funeral back underway? I did. Wow, man! I mean, I I've heard of uh, you know family fights at weddings and and you know family reunions and and things like that, but at a funeral, my goodness, people! There you go. That is uh, today's broken news report. <laughs> this update of the odd and unusual side of the news. Brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Take WFIN wherever you go with our updated mobile apps for iPhone and Android. And now you can listen to us on your Alexa device. Get the app at WFIN.com or in the App Store or Google Play. Plus, enable Alexa by searching for WFIN under Skills and you'll soon be saying, Alexa, play 1330 WFIN. And the best part is the apps and skills are absolutely free. On the air at 1330 WFIN and 95 FM, online at WFIN.com, and on your smartphone, tablet, and Alexa devices. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. You have any uh, party? Next time you have a uh, get-together uh, at, your, at your home, whether it's a summer bash, end of summer bash, you know, coming up on Labor Day right around the corner, and the holiday is going to be uh, here before you know it. Next time you have a, a big party, invite people over uh, to your home. Uh, be careful, number one, be careful who you invite, or better yet, be extra vigilant in hiding that uh, anything that you think may be embarrassing. According to a new survey... Uh, And this is a poll of more than 3,400 Americans commissioned by RTA Outdoor Living. Two-thirds of those in the survey, two out of three, admit that they have snooped around a host's home 
at a party. Be honest now. Have you ever done that? Um, <laughs> nearly a quarter of those who have admitted snooping say that they check the medicine cabinet. 13% look in the kitchen cabinets. 12% say they peek into the bedrooms. The survey also looked at the most common party fouls. You know, snooping, that's one of those, I, I, I try not to do that when I'm a guest in someone else's home. But I have to admit, you know, there's, I have to, <laughs> I have to force myself. There's always that curiosity, you know, there's, uh, have to resist the urge. <laughs> it can be tough sometimes. Uh, survey also looked into the most common party fouls. Nearly 29% of respondents say they get miffed when a guest shows up empty-handed. So next time you're invited, bring, bring a gift for the, for the host. Hmm. I thought that was kind of on the way out, but apparently that still makes uh, hosts angry. Hmm. 35% say they hate being left to clean up by themselves. So you want to be a good guest, hang around or offer to, to clean up. 60%, the worst party foul at 60% when folks overstay their welcome. I think we all can re relate to that, right? Um, on the bad guest topic, 32% say the worst guests are the ones who steal stuff from you. And that obviously is a no-brainer. But beyond that, 29% hate the guest that gets belligerent when they drink too much. Uh, maybe this is related. 27% uh, of those who start fights at parties are considered bad guests. Yeah. <laughs> who are the 73% who think that Guess who start fights are not bad guests. <laughs> That's what I wonder. This is only 27%. I would think that would be much higher. 4% uh, say guests with too many enemies are a problem. In fact, 47% of those polled say bad party behavior would lead them to uh, exclude someone as a friend moving forward. So be careful about how much you drink, what you say, what you do at the next party. Might not just get you disinvited from future parties, but might get you uh, scratched off of their friends list entirely. For the record, at least according to the polls analysts, guests in Tennessee are among the best to have year-round, while guests from Delaware have the worst party attendees. So now you know. So August 11th is National Align Your Teeth Day, and joining us this morning to explain the importance of that beyond just the cosmetic reason is one of America's top orthodontists, Dr. Amanda Gallagher. In fact, you say that the cosmetic aspect, just because straight teeth look better, uh, actually may be one of the least important points here. Right. Thank you, Chris, so much for having me on today. And yes, you are correct. So we are celebrating National Align Your Teeth Day. So National Align Your Teeth Day is really to bring awareness to orthodontic treatment and the importance of having straight teeth that leads to a more healthy smile and to an overall more healthy body in general. So what are some of the benefits aside from the fact that uh, straight teeth look better? What are some of the other benefits that we're talking about here? Right. So it's, it's been well documented in research that there is a direct correlation between dental health and overall physical health. And that patients that have dental disease, gum disease, are more prone to having cardiovascular disease, heart disease, 
uncontrolled diabetes in females, spontaneous preterm birth. Um, again, having poor alignment um, doesn't allow the appropriate chewing or functioning of our jaws, and then we can have jaw-related issues. So there is a direct correlation between having the straight teeth and being able to keep those teeth clean to having improved overall health altogether. So that's why it's important to keep up with your dentist and orthodontist to make sure you have teeth that are aligned, that you can keep everything clean. And there have never been more uh, available options for those uh, who uh, have misaligned teeth and want to do something about that. Talk about the various treatment options that are out there. So a lot of us, I mean, as we were younger, we may have had the traditional braces right. and wires on our teeth. Um, that's the traditional braces. We still have those available today. You can do metal. You can do clear. We have champagne gold even these days. So we spiced up the colors a little bit, but metal braces or braces on the front of the teeth are an option. There's also options for braces behind the teeth. And then there's also the option for clear uh, plastic aligners. And that's what I'm super excited to be here to talk about today is that Smile Express, um, it's a program that, that will partner with Smile Doctors offices that we have combined Invisalign treatment. So the plastic aligner orthodontic treatment Invisalign, we're partnering that with remote uh, dental monitoring or care of your teeth. So this is for the really busy adult patients who have kids that are in all different kinds of events. We have work. We can't get into the orthodontist every four to six to eight weeks like we used to. And so it gives us more convenience of doing treatment, doctor supervised treatment from home with remote monitoring with a dedicated doctor. So hmm. again, Smile Express is super awesome because um, it's not just another one of these aligner companies that sends aligners and then there's no doctor oversight. We have direct doctor supervision of your treatment throughout the course of treatment to make sure everything is progressing safely. Just uh, just a sidebar, uh, it is really interesting. Here's another example of the way remote care, which really uh, boomed during the pandemic. Uh, I mean, it was out there before but not a lot of people took advantage of it. Uh, and, and now it is so commonplace and continues to change the way patients receive treatment, even in this segment of right. healthcare. Yeah, absolutely. So there have been the advances in dentistry have definitely been to, um, especially in orthodontics, have been to increase the speed of orthodontic treatment because nobody has time to be in braces for five years like they used to. <laughs> right. So um, we have the technology advances to improve the speed, but then definitely this remote monitoring part is incredible. We, I've been using it in my practice for the last year now, and what's super cool about it is that it uses artificial intelligence um, along with the doctor oversight. Hmm. You have an app that you download on your phone, and I give this to all of my patients. We download the app on our phone, Smile Doctors Anywhere. The patient is prompted to scan their teeth once a week to make sure that their treatment is progressing safely. And hmm. the doctors are reviewing those photos to make sure that treatment is staying on track. So what's amazing about that, especially combined with plastic aligners like Invisalign and Smile Express, is that we do not have to see you as often. Yeah. So where once again, you used to have to see us every six to eight weeks. Now I can go 14, 16, 20 weeks between visits. And with Smile Express, there's only two total visits that we see you in office. So that is remarkable. So we're yeah. seeing you at the beginning to make sure you're a candidate doing the scan and x-rays. 
And then we send the aligners to your home. And then we see you once you're finished with the aligners after doing the remote monitoring, we see you in office once more to do your scan for your final retainer. So it is incredible what... Um, all this technology allows us to do. Yeah, no question. Um, so with so many, I, I, I want to ask you this too, because with so many different options that are out there uh, from you know these uh, these remote uh, options, largely remote uh, types of treatment interfacing with the uh, orthodontist to, as you were saying, the old traditional metal braces that most of us remember from our childhood, how do you determine what type of right. treatment is right for an individual is it is it just a matter of convenience as a matter of preference or is there uh something that would make somebody specifically a better candidate for one type of treatment over another yeah so i mean that's a great question so when we see patients and we do our evaluation um, we do take into consideration strongly lifestyle you know how often i mean are you going to be better with having something that's removable for your job? Are you speaking or presenting that you want to have the convenience or, you know, socially, you don't want to have to be, you know, have braces on the outside of your teeth for the next two years of your life. Yeah. So with Smile Express, this is really treating the mild to moderate alignment cases. This is somebody who maybe had orthodontic treatment when they were younger, maybe didn't wear the retainers, has had a little shifting. Mm. Um, when the patients come in, so say they're interested in Smile Express, they come in, we do our examination, and we find that maybe it's a little bit more complex. That is the great thing is that we can offer other uh, types of treatment as well in order to get the patient the desired results, the most healthy and most beautiful result for them. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Again, uh, Dr. Amanda Gallagher with us uh, this morning, uh, August 11th, National Align Your Teeth Day. And where do we get more information? Yes, absolutely. So to find, so for Smile Express, to find a Smile Doctors participating location near you, there's over 300 offices across the country. Um, you can go to smile-express.com. That's smile-express.com. And you can look up in your area who are the participating providers in order to get your treatment started. So we're, we're super excited to meet you. We will link it up on our webpage as well. Dr. Gallagher, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Really appreciate your time, Chris. Thanks again. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, and that is goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the show, before they head back to school, it's time for a conversation with your kids about how to have a healthy and safe relationship with technology. Until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.